This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. Back for episode number 128. And boy, oh boy, are we having technical issues tonight. But we do have one person on. <laughs> He's not one of the hosts, but it's Todd Molesky from the Wisconsin State Journal. Todd, thanks for joining us again. I'm still here, Aguapo. Oh, wait, no, no, no. A bad line from Three Amigos. No, but uh, <laughs> glad I could uh, uh, connect eventually and, and and be on here. Yeah, and I'm pretty much convinced that uh, Skype is just acting up tonight because uh, it's showing none of us is online right now. Um, Vigo just tried to call me again, and I can't add him to the conversation. I don't know what's going on, but uh, we're just going to plug through it and have some fun with it because uh, people are waiting to hear from us. I know Nate's sitting out there complaining to me. Get going, get going. Fire Jupe, you suck. Um, Vigo is texting me, telling me it's a Big Ten conspiracy already uh, that we can't get him online. Uh, probably after his uh, athletic uh, article today about attendance. So uh, uh, who knows? But you know, but what I do know is that uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota are the only teams that have beaten Notre Dame so far this year. <laughs> well, in Big Ten play, yeah. In Big Ten play, uh, yeah. Right. Um, which. Uh, I think uh, who would have saw that coming uh, at the start of the year, right? Um, didn't really know what to expect out of, out of Notre Dame, but didn't expect 16 in a row to start the uh, or 16 wins in a row uh, for them. And then however many in a row it was oh, in the Big geez. Ten, but... Wow, wasn't um, it like thirteen and zero or so? I think it might have been. Uh, close to that's that. what I wanted to say, but I wasn't really really sure of it. Um, yeah, there's um, there's some uh, um, there's some good hockey being played. I'll tell you that <laughs> there is there is some good hockey, and there's some um, the way I've been looking at it around the Big Ten. There's some coaches that go into games not really knowing what they're going to get out of their teams, which is not a great feeling in February, I've got to imagine, for them. And No, it's not. But, you know, it, it took a neutral site for the Badgers to finally break that barrier of Notre Dame. I mean, I think Notre Dame, you know, just kind of got into it. They got down a couple goals, and, you know, the end of the game was a little sad. It looks like they just stopped trying. But it, yeah. it did take that well, neutral yeah. site, and, and, and you, find, yeah, you guys finally got past them, and then Minnesota got past them the next night. Or the next weekend, right. Wisconsin scored two in the last minute to make you know what was a three nothing game and a five nothing final. So uh, maybe it, it looked a little worse than it really was. But there was, I mean, you're right. Notre Dame, it seemed in the third period of that game, just kind of wasn't really there. It's like okay, we had our run, and you know this isn't going to be our day, and so packing it in. Which you know on that stage, I mean, not to say it was a you know it wasn't a frozen four atmosphere or anything like that, but it was. Um, it was something that, you know, both teams had built up playing in Chicago. It was on NBCSN. So, and then a time slot where, I mean, they're go going up against a, a 
the AFC championship game that day, but uh, <laughs> uh, so not the greatest uh, uh, thing there. And I think it'll be the same thing next year as well. But, um, you know, they wanted it to be a big, bigger deal. Uh, and for Notre Dame to, to play like they did that day, I know they, they weren't, uh, they weren't very happy with that. Well, uh, you know, they're probably figuring it's better now than later. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to play that kind of game in a regional, um, uh, you'd rather just get it out of the way first. And, you know, the funny thing is that they go the following weekend and, you know, Minnesota plays them to a one nothing you know, overtime win, and they hadn't scored in two games, which is very unlike Notre Dame. Very true. Um, although I, I, I will say that, it, you know, all the games that they'd won in a row, uh, the remarkable thing about that is how many of those games were close and they just kind of found a way to win. And, and to do that, do that that many times in a row is remarkable. You don't see that happen. That just defies the laws of, you know, probability. Um, but for them to do that, something was going right. And, and it's, it just comes down to having players, different players make contributions that maybe you aren't expecting out of them. And when, when one guy chips in one night, it's somebody else some other night, that's a great formula for them. Boy, is it. Um, you know, obviously they're so solid defensively. I mean, I mean, you guys finally broke the chink in the armor, which was good, and then Minnesota did too. But um, I, I'm really thinking for now, um, you know, Notre Dame has cinched up first place for all, you know I mean? Yeah, I mean, they, they play. Ohio State still has an out, outside chance to catch them, but. Yeah, but I mean, Notre Dame can win once this weekend and clinch it against Ohio State, or you know, they've got two more weeks to to take care of it if they need it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much doubt left that uh, that's going to be uh, Notre Dame getting that bye week, uh, and we'll see what that what that does uh, for them going to the semifinals straight away. There. Well, you know, on the Minnesota side, um, you know, we had the bye week last week and before that they they split with Notre Dame which you know going into it people would say you get a split with Notre Dame with how well they're playing um, I'd take it um, the, the first game was pretty thrilling for us on, on the Minnesota side you know an overtime winner which is which is always fun no matter where you go the next night uh, not so much um, you know we'll have to see you know we'll just, oh, who's joining us here incredibly weird I have too many computers obviously <laughs> there, there's Vigo <laughs> yeah, you know, don't feel bad, Vigs. Um, Skype is just acting up tonight. There's just something weird going on with Skype. Um, it's well, I showing... tried a different computer, and uh, here I am. So. <laughs> weird. Well, well, we're glad you're here. Um, we've been just kind of BSing about you know both Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, actually having some some success against Notre Dame, um, splitting with them these past you know couple weekends, um, before you know before last weekend, I should say, since Minnesota had to buy. But uh, well, I'm glad you at least got to join. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys have been doing great. It's kind of a weird uh, season right now because I I look at the Wisconsin scores and those are scores I've kind of expected to see come from Minnesota, right? You know, and the Minnesota <laughs> scores are kind of ones you expect to come from Wisconsin as of late. So it's kind of you know we get into this myopic state during the hockey season uh, when you follow college hockey and rules are reversed this season. It looks like. I think that uh, to to this point, yeah, and 
I, I don't doubt, however, that that could flip <laughs> at any moment. I, maybe it, it just is the way that the season's gone. But um, I remember last year, um, up until about mid-February, Wisconsin had been, you know, the scoring was up and every, everyone was saying, well, this is a new Granado regime. It's, it's a new look. And then the last couple of weeks of the season, the scoring just the bottom fell out. They couldn't buy a goal and they end up in a, a two, one loss in the, in double overtime in the, in the big 10 championship game. They couldn't, they couldn't score. They couldn't find the guys to do it. And so we're kind of looking this year to see, well, is, uh, is that going to happen again? Now the signs aren't there. They've got guys, their big players are, are playing their best of the season right now, which is, which is good for them. I mean, that's, that's what they need to have. They don't have, you know, incredible talent top to bottom, but they need their best guys playing well at this time of the year. And Frederick's playing well, Ryan Wagner's playing well, Seamus Malone is, is doing great in the last couple of weeks. He missed last Saturday with an uh, injury, but, um, and, and they're finally getting some goaltending that's, you know, maybe not great, but a lot better than it was in the first half of the season. So you put that all together, there's there's some 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 reason for them to be opportunistic now. They've always kind of played at that. Yeah, we're, we th- we think it's coming, but now they're seeing the results to kind of back that up. Now, Viggs, um, since you've just joined us, um, and obviously we it's, it's been a couple weeks since we played, but uh, you know we were just kind of discussing that uh, uh, you we. We're kind of in going into the series with Notre Dame. We would have been happy with the sweep. Um, were you happy with the sweep? Well, I'm sorry, not a sweep. I should say a split. Um, were you happy with the split? Yeah, I think so. Based on the way Notre Dame's been playing this season, I think you just have to be happy to get the three points. They're they're running away with the league. I think they've swept a lot of teams in the first half of the season. So you're kind of trying to play catch up with them, just trying to get some points. Uh, I thought they played the game plan that's been successful for them against the top teams uh, when they played St. Cloud State, um, when they played UMD and were playing well in that game, uh, when they held on against North Dakota. You know, this is a team that has managed the puck very well this season, and you know that's the game they played against Notre Dame when they won. And I think that's kind of the recipe for them being successful going forward is is managing the puck very well, almost playing like that Notre Dame style. Uh, the style that uh, Eves played at Wisconsin, you know, <laughs> the the time to be a really creative team and grow your game is probably gone. You know, you have to play now the way that you can win games, and that's the recipe for them. Well, the one good thing right now for Minnesota is that they kind of hold their own fate in their own hands right now. Um, they can get the third place. You know, fairly. Now she shouldn't say easily, but I mean, it's up to them. I mean, right now the team, the three teams ahead of them, Wisconsin, you know, Michigan, and Penn State, all are just a few points ahead, but they also have two games in hand on all three of those teams. So right now, Minnesota is in a good spot if they want to get up to that third place spot and maybe try to challenge for that second place spot. Well, I think they're in a great spot to get home ice for the Big Ten in the first round, and I think they're in a good spot to get, you know, potentially into a two seed in the pairwise. You know, I think if they have a good finish here, there's no reason they can't be in the top eight. You know, the wave they've played out of the conference and the strength of the Big Ten this season, if they were to go on a run here and win, you know, probably five or six games, including the rest of the regular season and the conference tournament, they'd be in great shape. 
They definitely would be. Oh, boy. Here we go. We've got Pat McAletty asking questions. Was, boy, I don't know how to pronounce that. Paul Hauk, the best uh-huh. Badger ever to don the red? That's what Pat wants to know. He wants to know if he's the best Badger to ever don the red. Um, <laughs> well. Uh... Better goalie, Terry Kleinsinger or Mark uh, Barrand? <laughs> Barrand? Um, which part of the year do we want to talk about? No, I, you're asking me about guys that played when I was one or two. Yeah, well, that's Pat for you. Uh, <laughs> Pat, um, Pat's just being a jerk. Craig, Craig Norwich, jerk. best defenseman in, in red and white. Uh, pretty. There's a pretty good argument for that. Um, I, I, you know, I, and I've been able to talk to him a couple of times in the last couple of years, and one of them was about. Uh, Last year, they're doing the 40th anniversary of the 1977 national championship team that had this just ridiculous power play, 30-some percent, close to 40 percent, I think. And Norwich kind of running the uh, the top of the umbrella on that when that was a new concept. That was, you know, one of Bob Johnson's things he brought over from, you know, wherever in Europe or, you know, he incorporated some different things to it. And it hadn't been seen a whole lot here at that point from, from what I've been told anyway. Um, and, you know, so you have Mark Johnson, you have Norwich, uh, you've, you've got Eves, you got all these kind of guys that are, you know, just incredible scorers on this power play that um, it, it, I would have loved to have seen that in action because when one of the guys that had to play against it in practice, one of the guys that had to be the, 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 scout team penalty killers basically said they used to take pages out of the phone book or phone books or some kind of books and just wrap them around their pads because that Norwich slap shot from the top would just kill their legs. So that was, uh, that would, I mean, you can just imagine and picture that, uh, uh, those guys just dying from slap shots to the, the shins, uh, during practice. But yeah, uh, he would be, Norwich would definitely be up there as, as one of the top demon. Pat also wants to know, are the Badgers moving back to the Dane County Coliseum? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe playoff although, time, though. Playoffs. I was just going to say, although they they've uh, they have something in place in case they have to, uh, now I don't think it's uh, obviously going to happen this year. Uh, but because the Cole Center isn't always available uh, because of uh, other events that are, that are here, uh, if they do have a... In, or a uh, Big Ten playoff game or series to play when the Cole Center is available, it would be at the Coliseum, which we've done that a couple times, and uh, it's um, it's it's not exactly um, thrilling. <laughs> it, well, I, it's kind of cool. There's some history to it, but man, that that yeah. the building has has seen better days. Well, the thing is, I believe the last time Minnesota and Wisconsin played there was is not too long ago. I mean, didn't they play there before uh, they played at Soldier Field? They no, that game was I, at the Cole Center. I I thought I thought Minnesota played them there not very long ago. Viggs, am I just losing mm-hmm. it? Did You're we, probably losing it. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I, remember that, but uh, I would. Have I to thought it was not too long ago, and I. Well, I do know Wisconsin has played there. Maybe not Minnesota, but they've played somebody there fairly they recently, played, haven't they? they? They played the last series of the regular season at St. Cloud there. Um, 
so this is back WCHA days. Um, and it looked, and more, it looked really day. empty. Yes. There was like 2,000 people there, 3,000, something like that. Um, and I want to say they played a um, playoff series there um, against Anchorage one year that actually had to go to three games, which we were all thankful for. Um, <laughs> Yes, Nate. Nate says I'm losing it too. I just, you know what? The funny thing is, I was probably just watching that St. Cloud Wisconsin game on TV, thinking oh, there wasn't very many people there. So, okay. I'm losing it. That's okay. I'm, I'm getting old. A lot of things on my mind. So that's just the way it goes. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten through our Pat McAlady questions, um, Viggs, you had a nice little article on the Athletic today. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, it's kind of been a, a history of mine to pull some data on the number of season ticket holders that at the University of Minnesota for men's hockey and the number of scanned tickets. And I've noticed over the last four years quite the decline in both those numbers. And so I decided to do a little investigating why. And uh, Mark Coyle was nice enough to make some time to sit down and talk with me about some of the things that he's doing Um taking a close look at the hockey program. You know, it's something that Nord Teague definitely didn't do. Um, Beth Getz, you know, she was just kind of an interim role. And, you know, kind of that blind eye has really affected the program, I think, that's gone through so much change in the last uh, six years. You know, the decline of the, the WCHA and into the Big Ten, there's been a lot of change. And obviously there's been change on campus with uh, the fundraising, with scholarship seating, uh, gopher points, um, all the new buildings going up around campus, and they just kind of haven't been paying attention to uh, the cash cow that has been go for hockey. And so I tried to get some answers why. And, and you know, one thing that uh, a lot of people love to bring up is that they'd like to see alcohol at Mariucci. And, uh, and uh, you know, a big mistake here is on Twitter is wondering, he says, you know, maybe Coyle told you that not many people are asking for that. Is that, is that really the case? Yeah, when I talked to Mark Coyle at the end of December, that's what he told me is that he hasn't heard an overwhelming um, groundswell support for alcohol at Mariucci. Uh, I know it's something that they had struggles with when they first introduced it to TCF, but it's been something pretty positive to the atmosphere there. You know, they don't have as many fan problems as they used to have when it was a dry stadium. Uh, people don't show up, you know, point four zero coming into the game. You know, like they're, a Vikings they're coming game. in, <laughs> yeah. So that you know, it's something that can work for the facility, and there's already beer up in the club room, so I don't think it's a huge hurdle. So something that Coil is really looking to do is is get actionable data from people who have season tickets, people who purchase single game tickets. Um, he's got a fan advisory board, and I think he's truly trying to listen to the fans to figure out what they want. And I know there's some issues probably at Mariucci with how to structure alcohol sales there uh, just because the concourse is kind of tight. Um, but if it's something the fans want, I think it's something they'll get. Well, well, I mean, we've been seeing attendance problems for, you know, like you said, the past five, six years. Uh, Todd, you've also been kind of tracking that the last few years as well, haven't you, at the Cole Center? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think it's, a little bit more dramatic uh, here with uh, the Badgers and their, uh, you know, their troubles on the ice have, have 
kind of magnify the uh, the pace of uh, people not showing up for for games here. Um, it it has started to come back uh, in these last two seasons. I can say that, uh, but it's definitely not where uh, it was for years at the Cole Center, uh, where you had you know a, a solid ten thousand people in the building, um, or or at least it seemed. Now you're you're getting the, the the fives on Fridays and the six and seven and eight for Saturday games. Now this. This weekend's going to be different, uh, is what it sounds like. They've at least sold uh, more than 10,500 for Friday, and I think they're pretty darn close to a sellout for Saturday. Now, how much of that shows up, we don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's this has been, I think, an issue. It's an issue at these two schools, obviously, but I think it's an issue really around sports in general, where, you know, like like the TV schedule or not that we all have, a lot of these games are on TV or are available on the web or, um, you know, you, you can find them without going leaving your house. And, you know, you're not only talking about the cost of tickets to get in uh, to these games, talking about parking. And at the Kohl Center, it's 15 bucks to park basically two blocks away. Uh, you know, it's probably similar at Mariucci. I don't remember it offhand, but... Uh, you just add these these costs on it and it just at some point it's like i you know you have to be pretty well off to be uh <laughs> doing this every week and then over and over again so i think that's that's not unique to these teams it's not unique to college hockey it's not unique to hockey it's it's something that's that's happening and i've tracked this in for the football team here they have the same issues. Uh, they get, you know, they announce eighty thousand for a game, but the, sometimes they'll have sixty or even fifty for some of the non-conference games. So, um, you know, they get that ticket revenue, but they don't get that parking revenue or the concessions revenue. And yeah. So they have a reason to want to uh, get people back in. They just have to find the way to do it, um, and and that's what um, no one's really come up with yet. Well, Viggs, you know, you've been, you've been kind of, I'm sorry. No, no that's it. Viggs, you've been, been sending me some of the numbers this year, and uh, it, it appears that the Notre Dame series kind of really helped them a lot. Otherwise, the numbers would be even lower, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, it was looking at averages, you know, for actual ticket scan to be under 6,000 for pretty much the, the season until the huge crowds in Notre Dame. Um, they had seventy-eight ninety there for that Saturday game. Just By a, far the just biggest, a great crowd. By far the biggest. Uh, the next biggest crowd, um, I think, was for Army when they brought all their um, friends and family to the game. It was sixty-seven eighty-eight. Um, the next one is Harvard at sixty-six ninety-four. Uh, so that's very surprising. You know, beating Michigan, beating Wisconsin, beating St. Cloud. Uh, pretty interesting numbers. Well, you know, we've we've talked about it at at long lengths here, and and, and it's just a, at least it's encouraging, Viggs, that uh, uh, Coil is getting people together and they're starting to address it. They might not know what to do yet, but they know there's a problem, and they're just not ignoring it, Viggs. Well, I think it's also difficult because what fans want is different for everybody. Um, I talked to um, Mike Weirs Bicky; he's one of the people in, in marketing 
in the athletic department. You know, he's working with the fan advisory board. And really, you know, it's tough because they're trying to make the, the building exciting for the students as well as the longtime diehards. And they kind of want different things. Uh, so that that's a bit of a, a trouble for the people who have been following Gopher Hockey for a long time. And now they've got to replace those fans because so many of the, the fans of the diehards, you look at the comments and the article and on Twitter and on Facebook today, and it's all about, I hate the Big Ten. Well, it, it's not going to change. There's, <laughs> right. there's no number of comments coming from people in these sources that's going to make Minnesota leave the Big Ten Hockey Conference and start something new. That's just not possible. So you got to figure out how to how to replace those fans if they're not going to come back. And you're also not going to get them to admit it, that it was a mistake. Even if someone along the way does think that, yeah, maybe we would have been better off. Well, Don Lucia said in my article when I talked to him back in December that it would have been great if Penn State would have sure. joined college hockey and went into the CCHA and they just could have stuck together in WCHA. That's not what happened. They don't really have a choice in the matter. Right. You know, he probably would have liked it to be the same way, too. You know, the Final Five had a great thing going uh, at Excel uh, at the end of the year, probably just as good as the Frozen Four, but uh, that's not an option anymore. So college hockey fans, if you want to enjoy the sport, you, you kind of have to move on. Now, Viggs, decide whether or not it's something you want. Now, Viggs, you, you, you've been talking to me um, about, you know, they're kind of asking current ticket fans and people. Actually, they've, they've been sending out uh, things to people who even bought tickets this year. Um, but um, one thing that concerned you or you had talked about is that they're maybe not reaching out to the former fans who have dropped their tickets. And there's a lot of those people who have done that. Yeah, I think part of that's the the change in how they've done their ticket sales and how they handle calling uh, people who are associated with the program. And they've brought that all in-house now. It used to be outsourced. So I think there probably is a bit of a archive uh, mishandle there where they don't have all that information anymore. Um, you know, crazy things happen around the university. I talked to uh, Minnesota Duluth, and they said they don't have a copy of their contract with the NCHC since they've had change in leadership. Oh, so things like that happen. Uh, <laughs> Whether, whether or not all this is true, but, uh, you know, there is this records retention issue at uh, major institutions, and uh, they're just trying to do what they can now. Well, I, I loved it a couple of weeks ago. I think it was an NCH team. Was it, was it Duluth and St. Cloud playing on a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or something ridiculous like that? And somebody came up on Twitter and says, blame the Big Ten for that as well because they're playing on odd nights. Well, that's why Minnesota Duluth played uh, Mankato, right? Uh, there you Tuesday? go. Maybe, maybe, maybe right. there, that was the game. I knew it was some game that yeah. the NCAA Tuesday night college hockey. <laughs> Don't miss it. And they're blaming the right. Big Ten. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, uh, it, it really, it comes down to winning. I mean, Minnesota's won, but they, you know, they they've been struggling in the NCAA's. Wisconsin, you guys have just kind of tanked because you know a lot of people just didn't like the style that Eves was playing because. You know, well, at, yeah, at, at, fir was, at first it was, it was successful, but then it became not successful. And then when you're not winning yeah. and you're playing boring hockey, uh, it, it's just not a good thing for, for, for the you know for the goal center. Right, you could get away with this that style of play when you're doing well, when you're actually giving results, and you know, you know the the team's going well, you're playing important games, and those kind of things. I mean, they. 
you, you look back though, though too, they had some really good players on those teams. Oh yeah. They did. I mean, how many of them are in the NHL? I mean, they're, you know, you, you got McDonough, you had a, you know, you had Pavelski, you had Brian Elliott. I mean, just think of these guys that have, have come through that, that program in, in those, you know, four or five or six years, uh, in the kind of the middle of the Eves era, uh, that, you know, there was some excitement on on those teams maybe it didn't show up in goals. Maybe it wasn't, you know, (laughs) always the, uh, the the greatest product to watch, but you're right. You're right. You can't then you can't have a, a team that is perceived to be unexciting that also loses and, and hope to, to keep people around. Well, yeah, we, you know, we've been, you know, as Minnesota's attendance gone down, we've obviously watched your guys' attendance go down uh, big time as well. It, um, uh, really, about the, was, only, the only place not having attendance problems is maybe North Dakota. Sure. Yeah, and I... I mean, I, mean, we, I, know, I, I see St. Cloud on had, TV. Yeah. I see St. Cloud on TV the other night, and there were a lot of empty seats there, Viggs. It's not just yeah, Minnesota. I'm starting to dig into some Duluth data because they have a lot of unused ticket sales. And when I talked to... Mark Coyle, he said this is a problem that pretty much every pro and college sports team is dealing with. Uh, mm-hmm. Across college football, you know, they're seeing redemption um, stats around 70 to 75%. So, you know, 60% is not good, but 70 75% these days isn't that bad. I think you're seeing some of the things that um, the Wild do with their ticket resale system. Uh, some of the things you're seeing the Timberwolves do with flash seats, you know, to try to you know, liven up that resale market and just get people in the seats or allow ticket holders to donate their seats, maybe to, you know, inner city hockey kids or something like that. You know, those are things that they can do to try to liven up the building. But getting back to what you said about winning, you know, up until last year, Minnesota had the winningest program in college hockey for five years. They made two frozen fours. They had three number one seeds in regionals. I don't think winning's the issue right now with fans. Um, sure, they can point to they have a one NCAA title, but there aren't too many schools the last ten years that have won one of those. You know, I think it's four. <laughs> you know, so I think it's more than just winning is going to get people back in the building. You, I think your your story touched on on this a little bit too. That there's kind of this what I think of as a battle for the soul of college hockey with the fans too, where you have this group. In this this group that's kind of gone to games for years that wants to see that wants to hear the band and doesn't you know maybe like goal horns and doesn't like video <laughs> boards and stuff like that and then but you know how much can you cater to them when you need to attract a newer a younger crowd that's going to be your fans for the next twenty years um, so there's kind of this back and forth I think is going on and you know this the same thing happens at, at Mariushi and at the call center where you know you've got the video board and all the content is you're kind of directed to there um, whereas you know the band takes a back seat and uh, some of the supposed traditions however you want to think of them of, of crowd interactions aren't as as maybe an important part of the game anymore um, and so I think that's that's something to to kind of consider in all of this too. That there's there's some very different groups of fans that are in play here, and that they're trying to court. and And the dance to try and keep them both happy is really uh, kind of delicate. 
So um, I think there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be more of those kind of kitschy, you know, between periods games kind of things to, to that, you know, maybe we never saw until five years ago or, or, you know, somewhere in that range that, um, you know, just aren't what a lot of people are looking for or some people are looking for, but uh, are considered kind of the, the way that things are going in sports game day presentations, I guess. Well, well, the thing is with that, though, is that they're still doing it at Michigan. You look at the band participation and the crowd, uh-huh. the, the, the student participation um, at, at Michigan. And, uh, you know, Frank uh, Mazako told us on, on the podcast about a month ago, and even we've heard this from Wally Shaver, Viggs, that, uh, you know, the, the band plays all the time. The students are all into it the entire time. And there's very little piped-in music. So uh, it, it, it's like, you know, it works some places and it's working well. They're still, you know, doing pretty well with attendance in Michigan, uh, Viggs. Uh, so uh, what, we, what can we do here, Viggs? Well, I don't know if Michigan's actually the model for Minnesota. You look at Yost, it's an older <laughs> building, it's True. historic, and it's small. They don't need to draw 10,000 people like Minnesota does. And, you know, no offense to Frank and Wally, but I don't know if those are the kind of people that Minnesota needs to buy season tickets right now. You know, they need to go after youth hockey groups. They need to go after new young fans. It's the same problem that Gopher Football has right now. They need to replace... A bunch of season ticket holders are, you know, aging out, and they got to figure out a way to get younger people interested in the game. And I don't know, I don't know how they're going to do that because they're going to have to blend it somehow, or they're going to have to get some students who get passionate about go for hockey and buy tickets when they graduate. I know that's something they did with uh, basketball is they did a young alumni season ticket to try to get more young people in the building. Well, you know, you'd love to get student groups in there, but you know what? Student groups or hockey teams, youth teams, they don't buy season tickets, Viggs. They buy single tickets, and those single tickets are three times as much as they are at the Kohl Center. That's that's a tough cost for a little you know hockey program to spend sixty to seventy bucks on a ticket. Where it's well, twenty, where it's twenty four at Kohl Center. I know youth groups are able to buy tickets to the Ohio State game for fifteen to twenty bucks as a group ticket. I know that. The first responders, when they had their hockey night the other day, were able to get seats for 15 20 bucks. I know Greek groups on campus are getting group deals, 15 20 bucks a seat. You look at that single-ticket price that, that's out there for some of the big games like North Dakota, St. Cloud, Wisconsin. You know, Those are kind of geared towards the general public and for visiting fans. Um, they are trying to work with deals to make it more affordable for groups to, to get that single game experience. Cause I don't think you're going to see a season ticket base up around 8,000 again for the public. <laughs> it's going to be a while cause it's, 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 it's closer to five now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fallen quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to keep falling. Well, we have to move on with this conversation now. We'll get, we have to talk about this weekend guys. There's actually some games this weekend. So, uh, but before we get to that, we need to hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, to the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about 
Any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Well, Mote says that uh, everyone has ADD, so it's going to be real tough to get those young fans to pay attention. That's just, you know. Ote, Mote. I'm kind of with you. But some of these kids these days, they, uh, like, I don't know. You know, like this recently, you know, at Mariucci, they've been doing that uh, fake goal horn, which I think is just awful. I mean, if you're going to do a horn, at least get a real horn, not a microphone or speaker one, because that's just bad. Um, I don't know, Viggs. <laughs> like I said, they've got so many problems right now. Uh, they're just going to have to handle one thing at a time. Yep, I think that's the way they're going to approach it. They're going to try to get as much data as they can, and they're going to make a couple changes every year and, and see where it goes. Um, but I do think they're going to have to figure something out with the, the scholarship seating donation because of the tax code changes. Yep. They're going to have to do something to make it more affordable. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing, I what did I, I saw this on Twitter earlier this week. Oh, let me see if I can... Uh, oh, I can't quite find it. I'll look for it later. Well, well let's talk about this weekend then. Uh, Minnesota heading down to Badgerville. Um, uh, boy, you know, people are saying they well, right now Minnesota needs to stay above 500. That's really the kind of the biggest goal because um, they need to be able to qualify for the for the tournament. But because if they don't stay above 500, they're not going to qualify, Vig. So um, uh, a little bit better than a split is what they really need. Yeah, I think on the road that they'd still be okay getting splits. Uh, Wisconsin's going to be a t- one this weekend you know we you guys have talked about how wisconsin scoring more they've got good scoring depth uh, minnesota has a good defensive structure but it hasn't been there on the roll on the road i think um putting ryan lindgren out there against the frederick line would be something um, mike genzel would like to do this weekend but i don't think he's going to be able to do it the whole weekend so he's going to need better performances from the rest of his decor um, it'll be interesting to see what players they pick for defense this week, I know they've been moving uh, Nanny back and forth between the and forward. You know, in a weekend like this, this might be a better weekend for him to play up with the forwards where there's not so much pressure on him not to make mistakes. And really, the only success they've had on the road was against Michigan State. Otherwise, they've been really bad, Vigs. Yeah, I think it comes down to having a good start as well. You know, you can't press the game. you got to kind of let the game come to you. Um, when they've gotten on the road and gotten in trouble, it's because they turn over the puck in the wrong spots and get off to a bad start and start playing from behind. So I think starts are essential for them this weekend. Mute is not your friend, Hammy. (laughs) Damn it. I know. Mute is not my friend. Hear him talking away, just babbling away, and don't even realize I'm on mute. (laughs) It's Where's Hammy a, to give you a hard time about I that I know. One. Hammy just couldn't make it tonight. He's just got a big project for work. 
like I was saying that you guys didn't hear, um, Todd, the Badgers have made it up to third place. They've been playing kind of tooth and nail, playing against teams that were real close to them. You know, you know, Michigan jumps ahead of them. You come back and win, you jump back ahead of them. You do have a couple games in hand among the other teams, but uh, it's starting to move in a little better direction for the Badgers. It is. Um, they still have the issue of um, that they haven't really played a complete weekend. Um, I'm going through my head here. Um, since, oof, well, they've only won both nights, uh, once this season. That was in October. That was at BC and Merrimack. Um, they have played well for pretty good stretches, but they have these few minutes, maybe 10 minutes where they just are. Um, they're gone. They're, <laughs> they're, they're not there. And, and that's, that's what costs them. That's, I mean, it's, they really pay for these, these lapses. Um, and that has been, I mean, they've talked all season long about, we need to be more consistent. We need to be more consistent. Well, the consistency has been that they've had those, stretches and those lapses and and that's the the consistency that they've had in their season which is why they're a game above 500 they're you know they're below 500 in in big 10 play um it's just there have been kind of a a list of things that have held them back this season now lately that list is shorter so they've been able to pick up some ground lately they played some uh, better uh, games, but they still have struggled to put together complete games. Now that that Notre Dame game in Chicago, five nothing, that was it. I think that's their that's their highlight game so far this season. Um, they're going to have to f- hit pretty close to that level again here with what they've gotten in their four games left in the regular season because you got the Gophers for two here this weekend a week off and then at Ohio state um, there's, and, and they know how much there is to play for. It's just a matter of is, are they going to be able to, uh, to reach the level they need to reach to do it. Does it feel to you like the coaching staff has been kind of weird how they've handled their goalies? I, <laughs> I, I only get my perspective on the yeah. Wisconsin goaltending situation from the quotes I read you getting from Granado. And it's just like I've never heard a coach basically critique his goalie after every game as hard as he does, and then switch the net the next night. Yeah, there's it's it's been a it's been interesting to follow because um, you know you had such high expectations going into the season. There, you know, Kyle Hayton comes in as an All American last year. Everyone thinks, well, this is the this is the position they need solidified, and here's what's going to happen. Well. It, you know, they, they gave them uh, a lot of chances to do that in the first half of the season. Uh, and he just wasn't able to, to, to put it all together. Um, and so they, they went to Jack Berry a couple times. He played well up at Minnesota, obviously. So they gave him 
the next start the next week and that didn't go very well. So they go back to Hayton. They start to see the second half of the season with Barry. He gets pulled that game. They go back to Hayton. He has a couple good games. He does that. He gives up a couple softer goals against Notre Dame and Friday at Notre Dame. They start Barry in Chicago. He gets a shutout. So he gets a, a run of games and it's just been this, you know, you know, where one game now is is flipping this the situation upside down for these guys. Um, I would imagine I they haven't said this yet, uh, I w- but I would imagine Hayton starts Friday night because you know they had a little bit of success with him on uh, last Saturday. Um, so it's it's really this it's it's a roller coaster. It's you're you're finding uh i can't imagine what it's like to to be playing in that in that situation and and just kind of you know knowing that a couple bad goals and and you're gonna be on the bench the next night and that's maybe that's maybe that's a fair way of doing it because guys do pay for mistakes in other positions too um just maybe not to the to the extent that we've seen with the uh, with the Badgers this year and their goalies, but um, it, it it's hard to it's hard to say that the coaches could have done a whole lot differently because you know if a guy's just not going, you have to do something, right? You have to change it up and find something that works, and they've they've just had to try had to try to do that, and it's you know hasn't really uh hasn't really paid off yet i guess in the long term now v is minnesota in uh, all that much different situation well i think they've handled it differently because i i feel like the coaching staff has gone into these weekends you know where they they start you know robson on a friday and he doesn't have a very good game so shearhorn comes in and shearhorn starts the next night and the coaches just say well the plan the whole time was to, to play matt on friday and eric on saturday and then, you know, the next weekend, they, they kind of reverse it around. And, you know, the Michigan State weekend, you know, they wanted to start Shearhorn first. And they've just kind of said that each guy's going to get some chances here and there. And, you know, if a guy gets hot, you know, they'll go with him like they did with Robson um, in the two games against Notre Dame. And even after the Saturday Notre Dame game where they gave up four, you know, the coaches didn't beat up Matt at all. They just said, you know, those were four pretty good goals against so I just think the, the coaching staffs are handling it a little bit differently. I think Minnesota feels better about their goaltending than Wisconsin because I think Minnesota feels like they've got two options who have proven themselves in big games for their program, whereas Wisconsin, I think they've had goaltenders that haven't. And so they're still seeking for it. Well, I think Minnesota has two options. At least that's my read on it. So who's uh, running the show this weekend, Todd, since uh... – Granado is uh, about to yeah. take off. He is uh, well. He's. I hope he's in South Korea by now. He left early enough this morning, uh, from <laughs> what I remember. And I know it's a long flight, but hope he's there by now. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Marco Siki will be kind of the the point man, uh, and Mark Strobel is. They're both associate head coaches, but Osiki, you know, has been here a year longer, and I think he's kind of seen as the uh, the guy that's. Uh, He'll be talking to us uh, after the game. In other words, he'll he'll be doing the press conference. So I think he's the guy that's really in control. Uh, but uh, they 
they pretty much in everything they divide things up uh, you know even when Granado's here so they're uh, it, it's not as it's not a, a completely like challenging situation for them to, to be without Granado for these couple of weeks because he's kind of you know prepared them for it throughout the season but for this weekend, Viggs, I'm thinking Minnesota really needs to jump out this Friday night and get the win because you know it's sounding like Saturday night. It's going to be a much fuller crowd, and it it might be a little tougher to get the win Saturday night compared to Friday. And I think they've played better on Friday nights too, for whatever reason. Um, the boys said they got skated pretty hard during their bye week because the coaches didn't think they were obviously in good enough shape on Saturdays by their performances. So I thought that was interesting move by the coaching staff. Uh, to really, you know, press their guys during a bye week where they can rest up. Uh, but I think it's a, also a sign that they have played better on Friday. So I think that's a game they need to have a good start. And uh, hopefully some of the shakeups that the coaching staff is trying, uh, like putting Smetula and uh, Pitlick together and Bristet and Middlestat together can pay off and maybe get those guys going a little bit. Um, Mike Genzel talked on Monday on the coaches show that you know they still are trying to get those guys going, but if if they don't find their offensive game, um, they're going to have to be B players and um, be more conservative. Should we read into uh, Gensel being out front a little more lately? I mean, obviously he was he was out front a little bit when Lucia was sick, but uh, uh, I had a couple Twitter questions about that today and you know, like yesterday. What do you think? What do you think about that? I don't know. I think uh, Don definitely would like Mike to have a shot to, to be head coach. Um, I think it's a little bit out of his hands with Mark Coyle taking over the reins. Uh, but Mike's in charge of the scheduling now for the program. He's in charge of um, you know the penalty kill. He's associate head coach. I think uh, Don puts a lot of trust in Mike to, to fire the guys up and you know plan their uh, situations at the end of the game when they're trying to defend a lead. Um, so I know Don thinks very highly of Mike. And he's a little bit better on the quotes, too. <laughs> well, I think, he, you know, one of the things that this program needs is maybe someone who's a little more engaging with the fans and, you know, someone that people can connect with more. Um, and Mike is definitely very good at doing that. I know Scott Bell is good at that as well. So, I know, it's it's the energy of the program that's down right now a little bit in the in the fan base. And, and Genzel is definitely a guy with a high energy. So what are we thinking this weekend, Todd? Thinking Splitsville? Yeah, because I think, <laughs> uh, you know, if you look at Wisconsin, they've lost seven of their last eight series openers. Um, that's That's been another thing that's haunted them uh, second half of the year and, well, before that too. Uh, but they do tend to come back pretty well on the, on the second night. So I would, I would say Gophers Friday, Badgers Saturday is a, uh, a pretty decent guess if you're looking uh, at trends, but uh, also you know Saturday. This is a senior weekend for the Badgers. They'll have a big to do on on Sunday or on Saturday uh, for for their eight seniors, and um, I, I I know that they'll you know that that sometimes gets guys tend to take that in different ways sometimes sometimes it's a motivator sometimes it's a you know kind of clouds what you're trying to do but um i i would tend to think yeah we're heading towards a split uh uh kind of scenario um if uh, minnesota gets swept it could be big trouble couldn't it Viggs? yeah getting swept in this weekend is not good for them uh conference uh pairwise 
you know, there's time for them to make it up, but they definitely need a win this weekend. And, and everybody knows that. And you got to think the sticks are going to be gripped pretty tight by the Gophers this weekend because they know they're going up against a team that can score goals. And Minnesota thinks they can do that, but they <laughs> haven't shown that ability. Um, and in these rivalry games, you know, the last five years, Minnesota struggled a little bit with that decision-making, trying to force the game and trying to press the game. Uh, and you hope that their, their leaders uh, can get the message across to everybody to, to play some smart college hockey because everybody out there on the other team can score. Well, they definitely can score. Uh, Viggs, what are we going to hear from uh, the media from today? Uh, you'll hear a little bit from uh, Don Lucia about the goaltending situation. You know, he's talked to both goalies this week, and they understand that they're in a competition, and he thinks that's a good thing for the program. Uh, he talks about how well uh, UW has balanced their scoring this year with a bunch of guys who can put the puck in the net. Uh, what he's expecting this weekend, probably a couple four-on-four situations after some scrums, and that his team needs to shoot more. Uh, McManus is a guy who's gotten going for them, playing on his off wing where he's probably a little more comfortable cutting to the side of the ice and uh, letting go of his shot, and that you know the leading shooters for Minnesota are, are stuck around 70, 75 shots or so, whereas the top scores in college hockey are around 100, 120. So he's emphasizing to his guys to stop making that pretty play and just put the puck on net, look for secondary chances. And I think if Wisconsin got good goaltending from either of their guys, that's that's a game plan is get pucks on net and maybe try to rattle them. And make sure you guys check out Vig's uh, athletic article. It came out just today, this afternoon, right? Yep, this afternoon finally came out uh, after the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people have been reading the Super Bowl coverage on The yep. Athletic. And yeah. Uh, we'll get some hockey going here this month uh, as we get up for the Frozen Four. Todd, uh, I know you've been doing a little bit of Olympic stuff. Yeah, uh, it's uh, got uh, obviously some representation from our area here. I don't think as much as as Minnesota does, but uh, we tried to uh, to feature a few of them and uh, got actually had some. The uh, mixed doubles curling team is from one of the suburbs here, and they played tonight, and they won their opener. So uh, I was writing a little bit about that and realizing how difficult it is to write about curling uh, in <laughs> length when you're only watching it on a webcast and don't really have any uh, access to the uh, athletes. Um, <laughs> but, hey, got it done, and... Um, yeah, it's you do a, what you do. It's a interesting, interesting uh, way of doing it. But hey, we got to do it. We, you know, when I road tripped up to uh, Winnipeg last year to see the Wild and, and the Jets play, uh, the day before the game, the the headline sports section was all about curling. Huge pictures, yeah. curl. I mean, it was huge. They have people following it up there, like you wouldn't believe. It's, it's almost like the you know the NHL Stanley Cup up there. It was some great coverage. So, uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I actually really, really like curling. Um, I, I, it's one of those things like people can watch golf for hours <laughs> and just kind of, you know, sit on the couch and watch it. I can do that with curling and it's, um, it's just different trying to actually then write something about it. And cause I, what I don't know is like, how, what do I assume is the level of knowledge of curling of someone who's reading what I'm writing? Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, do I have to describe what the house is? Do I really have to explain what the, how many ends there are and what an end is? And, uh, that's, that's my, uh, 
that's where I have uh, issues of where how far I need to go with that. Gotta have a reference article early in the Olympics, and then just assume everybody <laughs> read it. I think sure, that's where you gotta go. That's that's a good way of uh, handling it, I think. And uh, if they if they didn't read it, well, is that my fault? Right? <laughs> just link to it in every article. Just be like, hey, here you go. Here are the rules. Right. Yep. Get the clicks, right? Isn't that the sure. game these days? That get the clicks, get the impressions. That's what it's all about. Get people's eyes on the advertisers. Uh, that's how it is. Well, guys, I think we've got it pretty much covered for this weekend. I mean, uh, it doesn't really feel like a Badger weekend coming up, Viggs, but uh, hopefully it's an exciting series. That's all I asked for. Well, I'm expecting good hockey and, and lots of action. I think there would definitely be lots of scoring chances both ways. Both coaching staffs want that to happen, and I think the players want that to happen too. So one of the great things about college hockey is guys make mistakes. And that's why we love it. And just and, and that's why the World Juniors is so good too. I think a little higher competition, but uh, and they they're still prone to making mistakes. It just makes it exciting for all, for all of us. So, uh, Todd, thanks for joining us again. We're going to try to get you on as a regular whenever we play the Badgers. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm happy uh, happy to be on with you guys. It's a good time. And uh, you know, we were off last week, and unfortunately, we're going to be off next week as well. And the reason being, I have to move. I'm preparing for a move. I close next Thursday. And you know what? Next, if we would have done it Wednesday, it's Valentine's Day. And I'm trying to keep Viggs out of trouble. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Nice, nice of you. I, like yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I was initially going to move. Initially, we moved it to Thursday. And then it ended up, I'm closing on Thursday. And it's just going to be a lot of stuff going on. I'm like, you know what? Uh, we'll just move that episode. And we actually moved that episode, you know, the numbers wise back into January, you know, right before St. Cloud. So it, it all worked out well with number of episodes, but, uh, sorry folks, we're going to be off next week. You know, we'll just be back after that and we'll either rip on the team or hopefully things are going well. We'll just have to wait and see, but sorry, things happen. I gotta get, gotta get moved to my new house. That's all I care about. After that, I'll be in my nice office. I won't be out in the open like I am in this stupid apartment. So, okay then. Well, guys, Thanks. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate thanks, you. Yeah, and, and thanks for Vigo for making it on after all the technical difficulties. Thanks to Todd. You can always follow Todd on Twitter and at the Wisconsin State Journal. And, of course, Vigo's on The Athletic. Great article today. I'm hearing great things about it all over the place. But we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. still had a day where we've had everybody i mean since early january so it's like i i think we're getting to the point where who hasn't had it but then we we've had some guys that have had it a second time a dip you know maybe did the body aches the first time and maybe the throw up the second time so hopefully nobody will be sick by tomorrow hopefully everything else is good yeah i mean the, other than you know just dealing with the flu the month the last six weeks um but obviously it's going around everywhere what did i just read in the olympics it's going you know over there now and um it just—I I don't think I've ever seen it like it has this year uh, across the 
the board. But um, but other than that, I mean, the physical part we're good. I think last week we practiced Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we gave them Saturday, Sunday off, um, and then you know back at it on, on Monday this week. Well, just a little bit of everything. I mean, um, you know, we, we we had guys missing, so it's not like there were some days we wanted maybe want to work on a power play, or but we couldn't because a couple guys out with the flu. But um, I, I think it was a combination of you, you know rest, um, but also work on some things, whether it's some face-offs or um, just trying to have better execution. Um, and you know, the, the hard part is you get to the game, puck drops a little rusty that first period, and that's the thing you want to get through that first period on Friday. you feel Ray came at a good time with three? Well, I think it's – if you look at the timing of it, um, I, I like the fact that uh, now there's only three weeks left before the playoffs. So, um, you know, I'd rather have it now than early January and you're going right through. Uh, so, um, you know, from the goaltenders, I mean, they both played, so it's not like they've either have had a heavy burden since Christmas time. Uh, you know, we played seven defensemen most nights, 11 forwards a lot of the time. And so I don't, I don't think anybody's gotten so much ice time or worn down that we have to worry about that uh, down the stretch here. Have you had a chance to analyze the goaltending or what you might do in the last six games? Uh, no. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're just worried about Friday night. And uh, as of today, I couldn't tell you who's going to play. Eric's always played, you know, well in Madison. And um, so he's got a good track record there, obviously. Um, uh, Robson played really well. Uh, against Notre Dame, and, and after Friday, deserved to play on Saturday, and I really couldn't fault him with any of the goals he gave up on Saturday as well. So, um, you know, he, he's looked good, but again, Eric's played well in Madison too, and he has been through it. So, um, talk to them both; they understand the situation, and uh, you know, we'll just make a decision probably Thursday or Friday who's going to play. Are you comfortable where you are with the goaltending uh, in terms of who you got? Yeah, I mean. Uh, we're in a better situation than we were a year ago. I mean, now we feel that uh, we have two guys that have proven they can play in big game situations. And, you know, if somebody gets hot, we might ride them for a while. And, you know, so we have the option. We can split. We can, one guy can play two, and it could be either one. Um, so it you know, puts a little more pressure on each other. Uh, but competition's a good thing. How do you see him Wisconsin? Uh, balance. Um, I, I think that uh, you look at their group of forwards, I think they have like 30 more goals than we have as a group. You know, so far this year, and I think that's the strength of their team that they don't really have to rely on any one guy. Um, the, the, they have four or five guys with multiple ten-plus goals, um, and and uh, you know, last number of four or five games, they're getting four or five a night. And obviously, the way we score, we're not going to win games going to Madison giving up four or five goals. So, you know, you go on the road, our score might have to be two to one or three to two. The way your defense is played. Uh, Credit to a lot of the seniors. I mean, Jack Wilber and Steve Johnson. Can you talk a little bit about them and what they've done? For well, they both had have had solid years, and and uh, you know the, they've done a good job defending. They've done a pretty good job with the, the penalty kill. Uh, they both have a lot of experience, um, and the strength of their game is probably more, you know, when the pucks in their stick, making a good play. Um, they'll defend well with their stick and their feet. Uh, get us the retrieval game is pretty good. Getting getting to a puck and, and breaking us out of our zone. So you know they've had nice years. Um, you know, you go back to Notre Dame, we gave up what, you know, the one, one five on five goal in the whole weekend. So, you know, we've done a pretty good job all year as far as, you know, the goals against five on five. But, you know, we're still searching for the right combination from an offensive standpoint where we can generate more. And part of it is shooting. And uh, I went over that with our forwards a little bit today that you know, our, our leading shots on goal guy has 70 some. And, you know, you, the top scorers have 100, 120. 
And so we have to have a little bit more mentality that you know we need to shoot and not overpass. And sometimes we get into scoring areas and we think we have to make the pretty play instead of the getting a puck on the net. And you know if you don't score off that, you may be creating second shot opportunities. Plus that's regular season games left. Are you kind of more focused on the Big Ten, the national picture? Well, they're they're kind of one and the same. You know the. Uh, the way things look right now, I mean, it's it's Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, and Minnesota. I mean, those four teams are going to battle it out for, you know, three through six, and you know they're probably going to be playing each other in the first round. It's just a matter of whether it's going to be home or on the road. Now we've got a couple games in hand on some of those teams, but you got to win games in hand, and you know we've got four of the six final games are on the road. We've got six good quality opponents, but you know that's been our strength of schedule all year long, and. You just can't look at down the line. It's just, you know, it's cliche, but it's just one game. I mean, you can't control what's going to happen Saturday or the week after or the week after that. So, I mean, we just got to go out and play well and, and um, see where we end up. Do you sense any extra intensity out of your team because of this loss? Well, I mean, usually. I mean, I think that uh, you could probably bet there'll be a couple four and fours with some, you know, scrums after the whistle, and that's just part of it. I mean, I think they've uh, there should be good crowds this week. I think they saw they might be sold out on Saturday night. and. You know, probably twelve thousand on Friday night. So I mean, that's back to the atmosphere that that you want to have, and you know, it's it's good for us too. I mean, you want to play in good atmospheres when you head hit on the road. How do you feel for him when McManus has been coming along splitting? You know what? He's a guy that seems to have really grown here in the last month, six weeks. And uh, Brandon's the kind of guy. He's real young. He's what, the youngest guy in our team at eighteen till this summer, and um, he's got a good shot. But he's just there's a little more confidence in his game right now. Uh, and I think he feels pretty good about himself. I think he's growing a lot. He's learning what it takes to play at this level. You know, most kids come in at 19 or 20, not just turning 18 years old. And you know, he needs more time in the weight room, and th that's not going to happen uh, now. It's going to happen in the summer times. But to get stronger. But I, he thinks the game well. He can shoot it. Uh, and you know, he's a guy that you, you watch in practice. You can see that can score goals. You good? Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It's Wisconsin week. Um, how do you feel about going back? Um, do you have any, you know, feelings about the rivalry? Obviously, being from there. Um, I wouldn't say you know since I'm really from there is is a big part of it, but just being uh, you know obviously it's a big rivalry, just being you know Gophers versus Badgers, so. Uh, throughout my career, we've had a lot of crazy games. I think uh, you know the rivalry is pretty heated right now, so it's uh, going to be um, yeah, going to be fun to go back over there. Are those kinds of things that though suck these kind of rivalries away, the intensity and the way that the games go down? Yeah, it's just you know the, the tradition basically of it. I mean, everyone knows that kind of the border battle, and you know people really look forward to this all year, and especially you know the fans look forward to it, and that what's what really makes it you know what it is. So. We're going to go into a pretty full full barn, so it should be a lot of fun for us. You guys haven't had the best success on the road this year. You had the week off and everything. Just mm -hmm. you're going in, as you said, you're going full. But what do you need to do to just be able to get that success on the road and come away with the win over there? Yeah, obviously we've we've haven't had the best success on the road, but I think uh, you know we've had a week off here. We we got you know refocused. Uh, we're uh, we're ready to go, and uh, I think uh, it'll show Friday, Saturday. What did you do on the week off? Uh, I mean, we had we had a pretty tough week of practice. You know, you know, I think the coaches kind of felt we were a little out of shape. You know, obviously not playing uh, our best on Saturdays this mm -hmm. year. So, you know, um, we got uh, definitely our feet moving a lot this last week, and 
you know, we, we kept it pretty pretty high pace, so it's, uh, I think we're ready to roll you know, coming this Friday. So it's probably a good time for you guys, given the, the end of the week off you have over there? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy only having one week off this year, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty good time, I guess. We got three weeks left and we, get, we can, uh, you know, kind of control our own destiny. We've dropped a lot of games this year, but we're still in a pretty, pretty solid spot for, you know, for the NCAA tournament, so just, you know, trying to close the season off as best we can, just, you know, get as many wins as we can here at the end. You've had a lot of success in tight one-goal games, low-scoring games. Is that something you guys have had to kind of learn this year? Yeah, definitely not something we thought was going to happen coming into the year. We, we definitely thought, you know, we're going to be, you know, a high-flying offensive team, scores a lot of goals, and uh, just, you know, it hasn't seemed to happen that much, that well. So, you know, when we're playing the top teams, like, you know, Notre Dame, St. Cloud, we've won those one zero games. It really comes down to everyone just, you know, selling out, playing as hard as they can. You know, obviously we've had great goaltending in those wins too. So, um, but you know, obviously we know we can still score goals. We can still win. You know, we can still score and win that way. But you know, we're, it's definitely you know whatever works kind of mentality for us right now because uh, we've been winning it in different ways. You gain confidence from that. You feel the same. Yeah, I think uh, whenever you beat like a good team like Notre Dame, maybe gain some confidence. Kind of. Kind of a setback on Saturday night, not playing as well, but uh, you know we know we can we can beat anybody. So we just got to make sure you know we uh, keep it rolling and you know get wins where we need them. Um, yeah, obviously they have a lot of good players up front. I think it's just um, comes down to the same things as you know. Obviously we got you know a lot of good D that can you know shut down their top guys and just you know coming back and into the D zone hard and. Uh, Everyone doing their doing their job defensively. Hey, uh, what are some things you could put on a wish list that you know, to, to increase scoring? Or in, as a group of twelve for the forwards, a couple things that you guys could do differently to up more goals. Yeah, I think the main thing is you know our power play struggling pretty hard. I think if we can really get some uh, momentum off that and you know start scoring some goals on that, I think everyone may you know, gain a little confidence and you know start putting the puck in the net a little more. I think uh, that's the first thing that really needs to get better if we're going to really win down the stretch. Special teams so important, you know. Obviously, in the playoffs, that can come down to you know who scores the power play goals. So, I think you know getting that going, and we've been working on it a lot this week. So, hopefully, we can uh, get something to show for it. Do you guys have a goal over these final six games, where it's just have home ice or certain record or anything? Right. That's I think that's what you know our goal is definitely to be at Marriott You know, for the Big Ten playoff would uh, would definitely be huge. Obviously. You know, our seniors don't only want to play two more games here in Mariucci, so definitely that'd be a, the biggest goal would be, you know, be on home ice for the playoffs. You might have asked, I've heard him announce this one. Uh, Wisconsin, what does it mean to you uh, being from Wisconsin? Yeah, I said uh, it, it wasn't that big for me being from Wisconsin since I, I kind of, I mean, I kind of grew up in Minnesota pretty much. My parents from there and uh, kind of, I went to high school in Minnesota, so it's, it was not huge for me, but there's a little, I got some buddies that play over there, and I, I, I grew up, you know, I played for Team Wisconsin and stuff, but uh, I think it's more just the Gopher Badger rivalry more than me being from Wisconsin that is uh, really exciting. They recruit you, Badgers? Uh, I won't get into that, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting, the Gopher Badger rivalry. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. What did you do on your week off? Uh, rest. It's always nice, I think, uh, especially late. <clears throat>
before we start making a push here to have a nice week off if guys are banged up or, or sick and run down, so it was good for us to get a rest. What does this Wisconsin series mean to you guys, the rivalry-wise? Uh, obviously, the rivalry, too. Um, it's obviously huge. goes back to, you know, as far as it, as they started playing each other, as we started playing them, and there's always that extra, um, you know, we want to beat them, and that's a hard place to play. And also, uh, you know, these two games are huge for us, not just for Big Ten, but for Parawise as well. So, um, yeah, this is, like I said, like we said, it's playoff games from here on out. Hey, we've got some goals for the final six games. I know I'm talking with Yenner here this past Monday. He was hoping for like a four to two finish. Uh, what have you guys amongst yourselves talked about? Uh, honestly, I mean, we as players haven't set any goals. I mean, we just want to make sure, you know, we're just focused on Friday. Um, like I said, every game from here on out is important. Uh, that you know they're gonna have huge um, implications whether we win or lose. So uh, we're focused just on one game at a time, starting Friday. You pay close attention to pairwise at all? Yeah, I mean you're always taking a look at it, and um, you know I think we have a good idea of what we need, what we need to do. And like I said, uh, <clears throat> it's important for us to win as many games as we can here at the end. So we're we're focused on Friday. And just building it on the road and everything. Just what are you guys kind of preparing for? Um, well, obviously, like I said, it's going to be a hostile environment. Um, we haven't been that good on the road this year. So, uh, you know, when you get into, into the playoffs and in tournament games, you have to be able to win on the road. So um, we just want to play a good, hard game, um, good, hard two games starting Friday. Uh, you know, good goaltending and, and good team defense. And obviously, we need to um, put some pucks in the net. So um, we're going to have to be really good Friday and Saturday. So it'll be a good test. Does not having that last change just change everything for you? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, obviously, they're, they're going to play their matchup, um, how they want to play us with that. But uh, like I said, I just think it's in our control what we're, what we're going to do, who we're going to play. Um, you know, we're confident in everyone out there. So uh, like I said, we just focus on us. I think uh, when we play a good game, we just worry about our game. I think we'll be, we'll be just fine. You guys have had to play a lot of tight, low-scoring games. Is that something you've gotten a lot more used to? Yeah, I think, you know, as the season's gone by, I think – um, you know, especially the big games against Notre Dame or St. Cloud have been low-scoring games. We've played really well. Um, so, uh, you know, at the end of the year, you don't really care how you win. It's just that you win. So uh, we've had good goaltending in those games and uh, good team defense, guys blocking shots, selling out, doing whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't beaten ourselves in those games, so I think we need to continue to do that. Yeah, you guys were uh, through illness and just kind of mixing things up. You got a couple <clears> of young guys in the line or whatever? Yeah, uh, you know, it's still trying to find that. Uh, I don't even know if it's chemistry or whatever, but uh, yeah, I like uh, I like what we've done so far this week in practice. But uh, you know, it's, it'll be a telltale sign if we can, you know, pop some goals in this weekend. So hopefully everything goes great.